Previously on Splinters of a Broken Sun. You have a feeling that you are someone else, but at the same time, you are you. For Emran, it's a little bit different. You open your eyes and you see as you used to, but what you see is not anything you've seen before. You're standing in the city square. You're on Earth. The city is broadcasting reactions from around the world. It appears that the series of failed launches by Afrospace, PASA, Kerry, ISRO, and the NSPO were misdirection? What we assumed was debris is forming some type of structure in space. And then the local anchor appears. Project Aboti is now in phase two, Zonin. You can only vaguely feel the horrendous G-forces that batter your small ship as it settles into the orbit you calculated. Through the feed, you can see the habitat, mankind's greatest achievement. Proximity alert! Layers through your bones as a massive shape suddenly appears in your path. You only have time to brace yourself before your ship slams into the unidentified flying object, and everything goes dark. Maeve, you are standing on a podium. You extend your hand to the alien. Sapient gas from another galaxy. This one floats before you in a containment unit. You shake, and it's not just your hand. On behalf of the League of Orbital Nations, we welcome you. And on behalf of the Andromedan Expanse, we accept your welcome. We come in peace, of course, but other things come behind us. Your message was widely received. Keva, you are in pain. You are in a pool of warm water, tinged pink. What? The sound then, a small, weak cry that demands your full attention. The man next to you places his large brown hand over the child's back. Congratulations. It's a... Alive! Fog recedes, and the four of you find yourselves standing next to each other where you were. You can just see it's sort of a writhing mass above you. Can you tell me what you are? Memory. It can show him the emergency? I know, and remember some, but not all. It's not meant for your minds. Show me. It is light, and also darkness writhing around the light. It consumes, but not everything. It seeks out all those who created it, and attempts to consume them as well. You see the shroud spreading throughout the system, and you see the light and the darkness writhing together, trying to pull apart, but unable to separate. And you return to your bodies, stunned. Welcome back to Splinters of a Broken Sun. It's a podcast. We play games. The game that we're playing is Fate, and it's a role-playing game. And the roles are being played by four players, and we're going to do a roll call of the role players in the game. We've got the Singing Chemist. I'm Jason. I play Zonin. I make hats. And we have Mike somewhere, maybe. I was going for like a, like a Mickey Mouse Club type of roll call. Yeah, I got it, but it's been horribly yeah. disrupted now. Oh, boy, is my face red. Uh, we've got OG Brown Sugar. Hi, I'm OG Brown Sugar, and I play Maeve Sentis. And I could truly use an egg in this trying time. Yeah, we've got Keekers. Hi, everyone. I'm Keekers. And boy, howdy, I'm happy to hear you or see y'all listening to us. I play Keva Jarma, and Keva's just, uh, wow, somehow doing the best out of the four. Yeah, it's all relative. You know, people are maybe living their best lives in ways that don't seem to manifest as such. I'm not sure where Michael Blood is, but he's... Michael Blood is here. There he is. Hello, I am Michael Blood, and I play Emran Pock. I am I am currently present, but I was really deep in um, method acting. Excellent. Uh, so when last we left off, all of your characters had lived the memories of people who came before you, some on Earth, some in space and uh, had interacted with a being of memory, which was some type of uh, artificial construct that is uh, somehow storing the memories of people and other machines. Maeve and Emrin asked for memories that human brains, or at least their brains, weren't designed to handle and have been sort of thoroughly traumatized by that experience. Zonin lived through dying and... Keva lived through a childbirth, an alien experience to their culture. 
They have now reached a mountain overlooking the field of solar panels that they need to get up and running so that they can supply power to Hub. Um, Keva's taking out her shovel again. Okay. You have a large shovel in the hand of your large suit. I'm not going to like set a specific way for you to do this. I would like you, as players, you can discuss this out of character, or you can discuss it in character, or a combination of the two. I want you to come up with a plan for how you're going to clear off and repair the solar panels, and how you're going to get the power from here to hub. And once you've got that plan, we will roleplay through it. So let's hear some ideas. I figure that we start by shifting rubble on the intact panels or like dust off the intact panels. Um, if we need space, we could put them on the non-intact panels. Okay. Uh, could we not just like pick up the panels, turn them over, and then all this stuff would come off of it and then put them right side up again? You could try that. Just to save time. I feel like, uh, yeah, Zonin's going to want to do whatever is fastest. He doesn't seem to be in a great mood anymore. No, certainly not. He's, uh, he's dead inside. And we could probably scavenge parts from the uh, the broken panels to like try to jury rig a connection further down into whatever cables are available. Mm-hmm. And I think that if uh, Emmer can be coaxed out of his fugue state, uh, he could probably try and maybe even from here try and connect the uh, the cables that the solar panels have to um, a larger power grid. It's possible. It's not possible for Keva to kind of take her hair out and connect to anything. Correct. Did you modify your helmet in some way to allow that? You know, I think that she probably would have tried. Okay. And we did a bunch of roles last session uh, back in Chapter 8 about modifying your suits. So I think it's entirely possible that you've got some little, you know, ports with maybe little uh, miniature airlocks in them to let out your hair if you need to. But it would probably be a little bit dangerous to do. If you remember, I did have that really amazing craft roll when I made the cheat or bleh, yogurt, gogurt, and the, the cheat, of course. The cheat. <laughs> yeah, the cheat is here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jason, uh, try not to cry, Jason. I'll try. Why would he cry? Oh, just something that happened to us that was horrible and which we may never recover from. Yeah. That is suitably vague to allow yes. me to just imagine. My interest is peaked. And let your imaginations run wild. <laughs> wild, wild like the cheetah. Did did it have to do with the cheat? Uh, yeah, yeah, it did. Okay, so we've got a number of different ideas for how we want to approach these solar panel issues. Uh, it seems like each of you have a different type of task that you should focus on at the moment. Uh, Emerin is still in a fugue state, but he's a big, strong boy, so he can probably be directed to move stuff around at first. Certainly can. Okay. Yeah. So we should probably start determining which solar panels we can use, which ones are, uh, you know, a lost cause, which ones can be scavenged, and so on. Perhaps yes. Matt Damon can, can tell which ones are chargeable. Oh, that's a great point. Um, I'll ask Matt Damon. Um, to kind of give a cursory scan of uh, these panels and see which ones are functional. My All scanners right. bet, could also probably help there. Okay. I bet Matt. Oh, I bet Matt Damon is just so happy that he can now not tell you, not hear that question again. Undoubtedly. Have you asked it since we got here? Uh, no, actually, uh, Zonin's no longer in the interest of wasting time and mm. uh, just is in business mode, which is uh, a first. Okay. Once you get within about 500 meters of the solar panels, and Matt Damon says, Hey, boss, uh, there are solar panels nearby. Yeah, no, I get that. Can you can you tell me which ones are functional? Oh, geez. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's roll uh, a lore roll, and you can probably use your uh, your Matt Damon aspect on this if you want. Okie dokie. You've been reading up on solar panels, of course. Uh, in all of the spare time I've had. <laughs> So uh, if I'm using that aspect, do I get the plus two to the result? Uh, yeah, unless you want to re-roll. Oh, <laughs> um, yep, I'll re-roll. Okay, because that wasn't that wasn't a great roll. Oh, thank goodness we're moving up the ladder. Okay. Yeah, slowly but surely. All right. So the issue isn't that uh, you or Matt Damon are not like smart or observant or anything. It's just that uh, 
Matt Damon is not designed for this task that you're asking him to perform. So he's like, uh, well, uh, if a solar panel is like me, then it needs to access the sun. So it would do that through, uh, and basically he just, he just doesn't know how solar panels really work. Like he's had the information uploaded to him, but he is not a full AI. And so like he can do calculations, he can help you with aiming, but Matt Damon's primary purpose is killing stuff. And this falls okay. a little too far outside that purview for him to be able to help you with. All right, then uh, with any lack of um, direction, I'm just going to start turning panels over to dust them off. Okay. Can I scan them? Yeah, you can scan the solar panels. And the scanner shows up that there's a bunch of solar panels. But the uh, scanner's primary purpose is like analysis of composition and stuff. But you can see the cabling that extends beneath them. You can start to map that out. And uh, we can do that if you use an investigate role. You can start to map that system and begin to extrapolate where it goes. So we'll start with a good investigate role. Okay, a one there isn't going to be quite good enough. I will reroll that. Okay, what aspect are you going to invoke for that? I think I'm going to use Faustian Focus, because right now I'm just in work mode to keep from losing my mind. Okay, so let's re-roll that investigate. Staying alive, staying alive. Well, devil had no help for you. Okay, uh, so you can see down to where the cables begin to intersect with the hull, but at that point there is too much interference from trace metals and minerals that have been dumped all over the surface here, so it's uh, becoming more difficult for you to track the cabling beyond where it intersects the hull. But you do know where it intersects the hull and how each one is connected. And you can see that some of these panels uh, are no longer properly connected, in particular the ones that have been damaged or moved by having this junk dropped all over them. I will point out the lost causes. Okay. Uh, so you can like you can tag them on your shared tactical screen so people will see like, you know, those uh Breath of the Wild sigils, ones that glow, and you can like tag, tag, tag the ones that are no use, put stamps on them. Keva has gone back and relabeled uh, Needle Mountain as the bad place. <laughs> All right. The Cave of No Return. Cave of Blunders? It's certainly got a tunnel in it. Tunnel Mountain. Secret tunnel. So some of the panels that you see are properly connected, but have stuff on them. We should probably direct Emrin to start clearing those off, right? Yes, Keva does so. All right, Emron, let's get your physique going. Um, My physique is always going. Would he get a one since Keva is also shoveling? Uh, sure. How about a superb okay. roll? Superb roll means that you are getting this done quite efficiently. So Someone even though even though there's not really like anybody in particular home uh, in Emron right now, your body still remembers how to do this type of physical labor very well, and you are of course extremely strong now much more so than the average human, in addition to having this exosuit somewhat augmenting your strength. So you are uh, quickly and efficiently clearing off panels that are still of use to us. Would Keva's, like, technically, like, her, since she was helping him in a sense, like, that includes her as being part of that effort? Yeah. I mean, he's obviously, since he did the role, he's doing the lion's share of the work, but Keva's, like, probably, like, maybe, I don't know. Moving things aside. Yeah, you're helping to move stuff around. You're ensuring that uh, Emrin doesn't clear the ones that are more delicate because those need a touch that uh, he doesn't have right now. So you're working on, on the ones that need a little bit more detail attention to them and clearing them off. Using her little archaeologist brush to brush the dust off. Yeah. That wouldn't actually work that well because uh, lack of gravity I imagine that the place is just full of dust in the air as well now. It's getting that way. I wonder if there's something to be done about that. Kevil will try to look at her tools to see if there's something to be done about that. Well, what do you folks as players think you could do about that? Or as characters think you could do about the dust lingering and the lack of air? Well, obviously, Emron will take a deep breath and just blow it all off. <laughs> he'll huff and he'll puff. I'll uh, I'll set the rivet gun to uh, to blow instead of shoot rivets. 
Oh, yes. Obviously. Um, you think the maintenance suits might have some tools that would be useful here? Even a brush, maybe. Yeah, I've yeah, got a, that's uh, what I was saying. What kinds, of things, what kinds of things can you do in space to move dust away? What can you think of? You got a broom you can try to, or... Well, that's going to like make more of it in the air. I'm I'm imagining that we'd try to like do like a like not a net. You got a lint roller? But, uh that's possible. Uh well, I mean, you could do like a little like sucky device or uh try to like use like a almost like a saran wrap net. I don't know, that's just what I was imagining. Well, you've got that whole thing. And you've got your shoulder thrusters that puff out air. Yes, Keva's going to use the whole as a the whole piece as a dust pan, and the shoulder thrusters as the puff of air. Zonin will get in on that. All right, uh, let's do. What should we do for that? Um, resources. <laughs> I think we're going to do. Yeah, I think it'd have to be a combination of. Lore and athletics. So a skill challenge. I, I can athletics. I cannot lore. I can help with lore. I'll help you yeah, find I, uh, I, the angle for the thrusters. Yeah, I can do the lore. Um, I can do the holding of the large heavy thing. <laughs> All right. So we'll start with a lore check. And we're going to need, to figure out all the correct logistics of this, we're going to need a good lore check. Because this is difficult. Am I rolling or who's rolling? I don't know. Who's rolling? Whoever's good at it. Um, I only have average and lower, so that's enough to help someone. But I can roll. Um, what's your what's your ranking? My lore is great. Okay, then I think you should do lore, and I will be the helper. Okay, we're gonna use this to create an advantage using lore. Okay, yeah, you've created the advantage, which is called, I guess, appropriate plan, and you can use that to get a free invoke on it for the next set of the challenge. And the next thing that we're going to need to do is we're going to have to do athletics to position and move the hull properly and a physique for somebody to actually push the hull around without pushing it off in the wrong direction or losing control of it and not being able to stop. I feel like maybe like part of what we're doing is like maybe kind of magnetize, like blow it onto a slightly like magnetized surface so that it's just gone or some of it's gone. Okay. Just for people science wise. All right. Who wants to do athletics? Well, I inadvertently already rolled it. So, uh, okay. I feel like we should probably use it. Okay. You may want to do an invoke on that because you also need to have a good one on that. Right yeah, now it's I'll, fair. Um, I'll invoke appropriate plan. All right. What does that look like? What is Zonin doing that requires him to make use of the plan? I guess like because uh, I'm using my thrusters, right, to get that uh, dust off. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just requires me to put my body in such a way, in such an angle as to like maximize the effectiveness of the thrusters. Okay. So yeah. All right. So we get that done, and the final thing is physique to just shove this out of the way. Oh, I just figured out another scientific thing is with the thrusters, we could be melting the dust. Oh. So that then it's... Does compressed air melt dust? Oh, it's compressed air. I thought it might be like shit. <laughs> no, these, these, yeah, suits don't have... <laughs> these suits don't have rockets on them, unfortunately. Uh, okay, so uh, Amarin rolls a great physique, and you're able to clear the area of dust. Some of these panels could probably be repaired, or at least salvaged and scavenged to fix the ones that can be repaired, or uh, add to the ones that are currently functional. That would require a little challenge that would start with investigate, and then move on to uh, physique to pry up and get access to it, and then finally crafting to do the uh, scavenging and repairing. Um, so I could investigate again. My craft, physique, and investigate are all plus two. Just if anyone wants me to head that, just so you know. Mm-hmm. I don't think uh, at the moment Emrin is in any state to craft stuff. Uh, probably Maeve isn't either, but you could, I imagine, do a bit of investigation with the help of the computers. 
All right, if you guys uh, do the investigation um, and somebody helps me, I can craft. I'm I'm good craft guy. You're good as in plus three? I'm good as in good as in plus three. Okay, yeah, so uh, you can do the craft and Kevin will help. I'll investigate then. All right, each step of this, go ahead. I'm sorry, I was just mumbling that I'll do the uh, heavy lifting. Okay, so each step of this is again going to require a good roll. As you're working a little bit outside of your area of expertise at the moment, and there are various environmental factors that are preventing you from being at your best. All right, so you got the good investigate role. Good. So that has allowed you to find the ones that can be properly scavenged and the ones that can be repaired and differentiate between them. Let's get into physique and get Emran to... Hmm. That was interesting. No, that's bad. That's like me in real life for physique. That was the zero... But I think, Matt, uh-huh. that because Maeve is the hand and I am the blade, that uh, she she can redirect me sure. to uh, to be a bigger, to be a larger man. <laughs> She'll make a man yeah. out of you. Thank you. I was just about to say, be a man. And then, okay. Then, in order in order to hit that good roll, I will uh, I'll just invoke extremely strong in order to get the panels open. Okay. Uh, so you do that, and I'm sure you've spent your fate points there. Um, Emrin is out on the field prying up panels to get access to the guts underneath and moving stuff around to get it into position for Zonin. So Zonin, let's get crafting. Get out those tools on the maintenance suit, your, all that stuff, and you've done a very good job of it. Thank you've, you. Uh, fantastic made, even. Yeah, you've made a fantastic roll. So you have succeeded with style on these solar panels. So we're going to say that they've uh, created the situation aspects here. That they are solid repairs. Um, when Emrin moved the stuff around, Keva remembered something and wrote a nine in the ground. She doesn't know if Emrin like noticed that, but uh, I don't know. Did he? What did you write in the ground? A nine, as in like that. Which that's is the a score. Call. Uh, yeah, it's a callback to the prologue, if you remember, when uh, Emrin and Dag were doing Olympian-style stunts we oh, uh, made. Oh, and... yeah, 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 I do recall. Yeah, good... I think Emrin definitely does uh, stare at it. Very nice. Good callback, too. And we are... Okay, so we've got a bunch of solar panels. We'll say you've got... Let's see. I'll do a quick roll here. Keva's muttering under her breath that she is never fixing or never breaking the sun again. (laughs) So with all of that done, you estimate that you've got about 40% of the solar panel grid here ready to go, like capable of functioning. And how much was functional before we got here? (laughs) Uh, You know, zero. Nothing was ready to go. All covered in junk and dust. Then how are we getting power before? Good question. This is an unused, as far as you can tell, power system. It's a So b- there might have been another one. There's definitely power coming from different places, some of which, as even Hub said, they don't know where it's coming from. Oh, okay. But the sun uh, was definitely providing a lot of that power, and with it gone, a lot of power is gone. So this will hopefully be a way to get Hub running, at least. This isn't one of those things where the power was inside Hub all along, is it? I guess we'll have to find out with a good self-confidence after-school special role. (laughs) I have a plus seven. (laughs) I do. I do believe in Hub. Start clapping. So you have now got... You're pretty sure these will work once they're on and connected to where you want them to be, which is Hub's power system. Okay, but they're not connected yet. They are not. They're connected to something, but whatever that thing is, it's not drawing power from them. Did Hub tell us how to connect them to their system? You have blueprints of the power system. You have some you know, examples of how you could use cabling to do that. Uh, you know where the access point that Hub has uh, that is nearest to this location is, but you have to figure out how to rewire this and bypass its original or reroute its original routing into hub instead. So, um it sounds like 
maybe someone should use their, well, I guess it's not an induction port, but out port uh, to maybe use some hair to try to rewire this so that the power will go to hub when it's connected again. It's something you could try, yeah. Okay, I guess I'm going to try that. <laughs> Are we going with Will? Let's see. Um, you'll need to use your Will to connect into it, and... Are you connecting it to something else or just to yourself? Is there something else to connect it to? Or will I be able to figure that out once I, you know? Well, let's go ahead and we'll roll Will to connect to the solar panels. The power grid okay. of the solar panels here. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm just scared to do it. <laughs> uh, Keva. Yes. If this goes well, um, do you think you might be able to divert some some juice for Matt Damon? Um, I could try. Keva kind of like is freaked out of the idea of being one with Matt Damon again. But yeah, I'll, I'll do that. You know, she she's going to do that for Zonin. Matt Damon is definitely not into this idea. I can charge just fine. You know, don't need to. You're taking your sweet time here, Damon. We've got to get moving. Yeah, that was a two. Okay. Which is fair. Yeah. So your the right side of your hair hooks into the solar panels uh, cabling and power grid here. And you can see where the power wants to go. And you get the sort of impression in your mind of how the system is supposed to work. So you can maybe mm -hmm. start trying to rewire it, or at least not rewire, but reprogram it. The issue that you'll have there is that the wiring itself is going in the wrong direction and does not seem to be connected to the hub subsystem. Now, being hooked in, do I see a way of maybe doing that externally instead of internally? Well, you could conceivably, if you had cabling, connect it here and then roll it across the surface and down the borehole and back to hub that way, but that would require an amount of cable you don't have. Yeah, so... The only way is inside of Kev's mind. Maybe. I forget that most of the cabling on the station is made from, or at least housed in, SGM. Uh, when Keva figures that out, she kind of, like, makes a noise, like, oh. And she kind of is like, Emrin? Emrin is actually still staring at the nine. She kind of looks at him and is like, oh, no. Have you tried connecting to a person with your hair yet? Ooh, let's do it. Do that. No, but I really wanted to. I'm like I'm like um, a cyborg. Let's do it. Yeah, Kevin definitely is gonna want to try that now. Can I help them by doing another 3D map of like the wire system? Well, you tried the you tried to scan the wiring system before, and you weren't able to succeed with that because of the interference. I don't know if you can help with the scanning since this is going to be Keva trying to hack into the brain of Emrin's brain now. <laughs> you could. Um, these solar panels, you just sort of left them in whatever angle they were facing. So you could maybe start thinking about how to ensure that the solar panels are pointed in the optimal directions or if there's some way to ensure that they are spread out or pointing in the correct angles or whatever the case may be be something you could try to figure out if you want to keep your mind busy. Definitely. I will be doing that. Okay. Keva is now going to like go over to Emrin, who's, I guess, still staring at the nine and kind of be like, hey, um, can you hear me? Kind of like look he at him to try to see if he shows any like reaction to the stimuli. He nods. I think I might be able to help. I, I need your help. Okay. So I guess Keva's gonna try to connect into Emran now and get his help. <laughs> All right. So you extend your nano machines and they touch on the sort of chest of Emran's suit and begin to sink into it and through it uh, until they get through the different layers. And you know, because it is uh, nano machines, they just sort of. Sorry, Leon's crying right now. Uh, they sort of Aww. become less solid and, while still retaining their connection to each other, uh, infiltrate their way through like the tiniest pores that they can find in the suit before reforming 
on the other side and entering into Emran's chest. When this happens, you feel a new sensation. You can feel what Emran is feeling. Keva takes in like a really sharp intake of breath, like, and, you know, lets it out and is just sort of like scared. What does Keva feel through Emran? Emran? Uh, on the surface, like, I think your immediate sensation is just like the temperature of the the interior of the exosuit. And then once you realize what you're feeling is like his actual, both emotional and physical experience underneath the, uh, the temperature you can like feel that he's extremely sad Mm -hmm. and uh underneath like underneath everything else you just there's just the sensation of hot boiling rage just almost omnipresent once you feel it Mm -hmm. and and i think if you hit that nerve uh, emran might try to like mentally rebuke you out of his body if you like probe that but you can tell Uh, me whether or not yeah i i don't know if she would or not like if like it was the type of thing where she probed it and it felt like his like growing anger, she would like back off. Okay. And and try to like give like back like a sense of peace instead. All right. Uh, I don't so, know how I don't know how much of this is a two way street, but uh, Emran, you are beginning to sense, and it's difficult for you because you're in shock, but you can distantly sense what. Keva is feeling. I feel like, you know, normally it might be you would share those feelings in a in a way as Keva is sharing yours right now, but at the moment because you have that shock that is muting how you feel, you just have sort of a distant disinterested view of what's going on with Keva's emotions right now. But beyond that, you can also see the system to which she is connected. And Keva, you can sense Emran's power just there, maybe within reach. It's possible um, that the two of you could work together to use his power through your connection. Keva's gonna... I don't know how much she can communicate through this uh, system that right now just wants them to figure this out and and fix this uh, so that they can fix things, which is generally her modus operandi at this point in her life um and then kind of like say if you want to burden yourself a little bit unburden yourself a little bit i'm here i think that uh emron will look up like look over at keva and uh i think you feel that the uh his anger dies down a lot and uh it's just replaced by a really really emotionally cold sensation i don't know if it like trans transmits physically and that you start to feel cold at all, but he looks over at the uh, the solar panels and just extends his hand to try and make the cables grow like he did before. As you do that, you feel that you are summoning your power, your ability here. So I want you to roll your will to overcome this obstacle of summoning that power, tapping into it. Okay, so with your uh, superb roll there, you are able to summon up pretty much all of the strength that you have but as you go to use it you find that you can't but keva you can feel it flowing into you um so keva i don't know how much we can psychically communicate because this is uncharted territory but would she know that he can't really that he's having a hard time using it it's not necessarily that he has a hard time using it. It's that right now you are in control of this. Oh, okay. Is Emran aware of that? Is you are feeling like more of a battery than a machine right now? Emran um, looks down at his hand, looks over at Keva, and then finally notices that her hair strands are in his suit. And uh, I think. Yeah, Keva, just in an instant, you feel that anger back, and Emran is physically tugging on the, the silver cord. Uh, like, Keva, like, severs it because she doesn't want to, like, hurt him. She doesn't want to impose at all. Okay. When the hair disconnects from Emran, you find that your emotions are once again deadened, as is your access to your power. It slips away from you. 
Keba, you can feel that anger as sort of like a, not quite a physical rebuke, but it uh, is a stressful and upsetting thing for you to deal with. So you're going to take two mental yeah. strain. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> um, so we didn't get anywhere with that, though. No, but you're still connected to the solar panel, so you can at the least turn it on and start working on the programming. Yeah, I guess Keva's going to like try to like look at Emran and, and see like if he's now doing it or if it's just like if he's making like if it was like he didn't I, I don't know the right way to to say this I'm at a loss for words I guess other than she's like seeing if like she woke him up a little bit mm-hmm. did she or it seemed like Emran was temporarily at least capable of feeling not necessarily normally but at least feeling closer to normal and acting closer to normal while the two of you were connected. But it was physically and mentally and emotionally draining for you to be connected to someone in Emran's state. Right now, Emran is not really in a condition to do this on his own, but also doesn't seem to want to let you do it. Yeah. Um. I guess Keva, I mean, she wants to do it, but also it goes against her nature to maybe force him to do it. Of course, you wouldn't do that. So she just starts doing what she can do. Okay. Let's use your uh, lore to start reprogramming this. This is not a sentient system, so we can't use the uh, empathy on it, or rather the rapport on it. Okay. So with your lore roll at the mediocre roll there, and I'm not saying that to be mean, that's just the name of that level on the ladder. Yeah. um, It was a zero. You are able to switch the system on. And you can see the solar panels are, some of them go into their standby mode. And you can sense that they are beginning to take in power again. And it's going somewhere. Okay. Can she, like, now, like, tell, like, hey, Damon wants to plug into that if he can? Uh, Solar panels are on. Yeah, he doesn't want to, but I'm about to get him charged so we can get the heck out of here. All right. You can probably make use of some of the spare cabling to like plug him in there, or at least just shove some cable inside of the helmet, but you would have to take it off, which might be difficult for you right now. Um, I'm willing to risk it. Okay. Uh, so in order for this to happen, the, you have to untape the bowl from your helmet. Oh, I guess. <laughs> uh, so you're going to have to be quick here. You're going to have to unseal your Matt Damon face take off your auditor helmet and then reseal your Matt Damon face before the vacuum of space can have its way with you. So the way that this uh, Matt Damon suit works is um, kind of like the mouth region kind of like peels back like a hood. Like if you were to grab the top jaw, it kind of, it, it has, the, it unzips. Yeah, of course it um, does. Yeah. And so uh, this, I'm going to do that horrific act, pull off my uh, auditor helmet and then quickly zip up Matt Damon's head again. You are a vile man. (laughs) (laughs) Why would you make me picture that? This is really what is broken, Emran. It's an audio medium. I'm trying to paint a word picture. Yeah. You sure are good at it, man. (laughs) All right. uh, So Matt Damon, as you're unsealing, you're like, what are you doing? I thought there isn't any air. And then you have the helmet off, and Matt Damon face... Uh, zippers back over your skull in the time that you were taking off the helmet and putting that back on there was this like uh pressure that you felt on your face and an intense cold and uh you feel that uh again that cool jelly but this time it's warm roving over your face and cleaning off ice crystals that formed there during your exposure to the vacuum Uh, and you can feel there's a soreness and you have a headache that is forming okay did he feel like, did he momentarily look like Arnold in the Magic School Bus when he took off his face helmet? Did he turn into an ice golem? He did not turn into an ice golem. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, you can just shove a cable into Matt Damon, one of the spare cables, and that'll start charging him up. Well, uh, you're still working on this issue with the getting the cabling to hub. Now, you could use some of the construction equipment to maybe start cutting through the hull 
to get access to the cables physically. It'll take some time, though. Well, it it seems like that's kind of the only option right now. All right. Uh, Maeve, you've been working on uh, figuring out the correct angles for the solar panels. So uh, you can now make your lower roll to overcome that obstacle. And we're looking for a good roll. All right. You succeed with style, uh, which I'm just going to say in this instance, uh, you are able to figure out the right angles and a way to have them sort of rotate in time with the station. So they're getting the maximum uh, exposure to the sun whenever the sun is over this part of the station. And seeing as Keva has turned on this system, you can use the, uh, uh, the mechanical control panels at this place to start inputting those commands. Start programming it in using the language you've been learning. I will do so. All right. So you're tap tapping away. It's, uh, it's got one of those displays that springs up like in the ship, one of those hover displays. So you're tapping away at that. Hollow displays, I should say. Uh, Keva, you've got a construction suit. So I guess you're going to clamber down and start cutting through the hull with it. Yes, indeedy. Okay. Anyone want to help with that? Uh, what's the skill? I think it's going to be crafts. Yeah, I'll help with that. Okay. Okay, so uh, plus one. What's the cutting tool that is in your construction suit? I imagine it's like a laser blade that comes out kind of like from the back of the hand. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the tool in uh, good old Mass Effect. Okay, like an Omni-Tool kind of thing? Yeah. Okay, so with uh, Emran's help, that brings you up to a great roll. So you are able to uh, cut through a bit of the station hull. Uh, as you're cutting through, you're realizing that this is indeed going to take a long time just to get through into the wiring section of the hull. But you can do it. It's just, it's going to take, it could take days. Oh, no. And you're, you are not sure you will have enough air to last you days. You might have to go back and forth into the station a couple times. Keva will kind of poke her head out when she realizes this. And it's kind of like, guys, um, we're facing like a moral dilemma here. What has Emran been up to since he disconnected? He's been staring at the at the solar panels, f- trying to figure out why they make him angry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Is it because he watched Birdemic and he hates that solar panel guy? <laughs> All right. So since you are in a state of shock. I would like you to roll empathy. The person you're empathizing with is yourself, because right now you're disconnected from yourself emotionally. So you're analyzing this and trying to figure out what you're actually feeling. So you'll need to make a fair empathy roll. Okay. Uh, Do you want to do anything with that? You're at average right now. You need one more. I think, I think that, um, tell me if this doesn't make sense, but I want to invoke, I have forged the blade, I must wield it. Because Emran's a Emran's the person who doesn't like taking off band-aids slowly, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So I think he he kind of wants to push himself into to getting what's happening, and so he's going to give himself a plus two there. Okay, let's do it. Which puts me at a good. All right. So what's the issue in particular with these solar panels that's got you angry? I think for Emran, when he was reliving that memory of the student. Some part of him realized he would rather be there, be that person, than have to come back and be Emran. Hmm. And that the trauma ex- that he was exposed to by seeing the uh, the warbled and jumbled memories of the emergency just sent him into a state of, like sent him into this fugue state where he was just trying not to be here. And so the, these, these solar panels are like the physical manifestation of him needing to be present, but every part of him doesn't want to be. Okay. And so... When uh, when Keva when he realized that Keva could force him to well, he doesn't like being controlled and so when he realized that Keva did never would but did have the ability to make him do something it sort of jarred him out of this a bit. Does Emran want to share that with anybody? Uh, I think he uh, he says very quietly into the radio, Keva. Yeah, she's kind of like brightened up after she's poked her head out of the hole that she's made. I. I don't want to be here. It's going to sound twisted, but some part of me wishes I was with Hector, or had been there, or with Faria. After seeing the emergency or the bits that I did, I, I don't know if any of it's going to be worth it, but I want 
to try. Keva kind of like looks at him and I mean, Keva has a lot of empathy and a lot of feelings in general, like, but she doesn't always know exactly what to say. Um, exactly. Like she kind of knows how he feels is in a sense. And she's like, yeah, I, I don't want to be here either. That makes three of us. She kind of like looks at Zonin when he says that. Emran smirks at that. Zonin's always had a way of making Emran laugh. But I think we do have to try. If we fix this, it's an e- means to an end. You know, I mean, there's so many, so many broken things here. The damn sun is broken. Everything's broken. And I think if we can just fix some of this Life will be better for us and for other people, you know? I think at that, Emerson starts walking towards the solar panel, and uh, he, he says, not to anyone in particular, I think that was one of the problems of the world that was before this one. They preferred to just move instead of trying to fix. She kind of nods at that, and then um, kind of, I don't know, like questioningly kind of tries to figure out if he can tap in now or if he wants help with that. I mean, he's going to try either way. Yeah. Yeah, she's okay. Matt, would you like a delicious and scrumptious crafts roll? Sure, let's do it. It's pretty good. Yeah, it's exactly good. Okay, so here's what's happening. You are reaching down and into the the cut that Keva has made, and you wrap your hands around one of these cables, and through it you can sense where you want it to go back about you're going to have to move it about a kilometer in the other direction. You can see where you want it to be. You can see where it's going now. The question is, how do you get it to go from there to where you want it to be? So you start tugging on it. You start trying to pull it and convince it and coax it. And it begins to come willingly. But the issue is that where it disappears through the hull and deeper into the station, a couple of kilometers out, it is stuck. Because it goes into the station and anchors into something there, it can't be moved the way you want it to move. So you have the ability to do this, but someone's going to have to go and sever that connection. Do I get a sense of whereabouts this anchor is? You can you can see exactly where it is, uh, and you can probably extrapolate where that is on the map. But it's uh, you can't both go and cut it and stay here and maintain control of the cable. So we need an away team and a and a home front team. And ideally, someone who can... So someone... hmm. Okay, I know what I'll say. Okay. Keva, Zonin, Dave, I can make it connect to Hub, but there's a blockage. It's something tying it here. There's a connection on the other side, uh, inside the station. Someone has to go and sever it. I can't go. I have to stay here to make sure it doesn't get lost. To be clear, you can sever this from the surface of the station. You just have to dig through a bit of it like Keva did here. So the place that we would have to dig through is a kilometer away? It's two kilometers away. Okay, two kilometers. Which isn't very far when you've got thrusters and low, like no gravity. Keva, I guess, uh, is this something I could do? With that, with that tool, yeah, I think so. One of the maintenance suits, either one of you needs to go. I can hold the connection for a long time. doesn't hurt like the first time. Uh, would Matt Damon be charged at this point? He's pretty charged, yeah. Between being exposed to the actual sun and being connected to the cable, he's probably, you know, at 75-80%. I'll go. Like, more than one person can can go. <laughs> oh, I don't know if Kevin's going to allow that, though. Everyone go. Emren will stay here alone, and I'll have a, a wonderful talk with memory. It'll be great. Am I still programming? You can be done if you want to go. I'll stay with Emron. Okay. All right, I'll go. I can help figure out where to dig. Okay. Kev is not happy about this. All right. So, Emron, you make a mark on the uh, shared map that you have about where you think it should be. And Maeve and Keva, you're going to head over there. Dig here. X marks the spot. Indeed. So you take off. Uh, your thrusters spitting every once in a while to get you moving a little faster over the uh, surface of the station here and you see that it's you know rocks and 
pockmarked surface and the occasional hole, sometimes metal bits sticking up and sticking out. And you can see as you approach the marker that there is already a bit of a hole there. It looks like something impacted the surface, and it looks a little bit blackened as well. Keva, uh, were she younger and still under the church's tenure, or uh, I would have said, oh, thank God, but uh, she's not. So she's just like, oh, thank goodness. You should bring Edmund back the space rock for no reason in particular. Make a sword out of it. Another sword. I could be like Masashi, sword. but with long swords, which <laughs> sounds like a terrible idea. And if you get a third sword, then you can be like three swords. Or? Yes, Zolozer. In the mouth. Carry the sword in your mouth. So you touch down. You know, you stumble a little bit because you're still kind of unfamiliar with this type of movement. But you touch down near this depression in the ground, and you see that it is indeed looking scorched. But there is a bit of a problem. It's always a problem. Yeah. The bit of the problem is that this crater is not unoccupied. Is it the d- damn uh, Horfala again? There is something in here, and it is a dark mechanical shape that kind of reminds you of pictures you've seen of what you might call a squid. It's sparking from one Ooh. side where it impacted, but a glowing bullet-shaped head twice your size looks up from the bottom of the crater, and seeing you, its many tentacles begin to twitch in anticipation as it prepares to strike. And we're going Mike. to take a break. Yeah, but why don't we? Uh, I, I, I called it down by wearing Mass Effect armor, of course. I will say this. I have Sprinter. I am very fast. <laughs> all right, folks, we'll see you next time. Till then, all the best. Take care. So long. Space quids. <laughs> that's, that's my new exit <laughs> line from everything. Space squids. Hey, Jason, where are you going off in such a hurry, man? Oh, so, sorry, I got a doctor's appointment. Space squids. <laughs>